This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined with my guest, Ashley Hampton, who's a vegan Instagrammer, and she is so passionate about self-love and promoting veganism online. So I'm so grateful to have you here, Ashley. One of the main things that she's known for is actually also being raw in college. So that's what her Instagram name is. And that's one of the main kind of things that she really promotes on her social media. So so grateful to have you here, Ashley. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's get right into it. So where are you originally from? I grew up in South Florida in Boca Raton. And I lived there until I was 18 and went off to college. So that's where my roots are. And um, when I went off to college, I branched out and I'm at University of Wisconsin now. I'm a senior. So um, I really deviated from the norm. And um, yeah, that's where I ended up. That's where I'm finishing my degree. And And what are you studying there? I'm studying community and nonprofit leadership and digital media. And um, it's a very unknown, unusual field of study, but I'm basically learning how to grow my own nonprofit business or organization. And with digital media, I'm really like honing in on my skills Mm -hmm. that I've learned through social media, which is um, really beneficial and rewarding as um, as I I know that you studied dance and that was super rewarding to uh, do something like that while also learning and getting a grade for it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, what other things are you learning about in school or like, is there anything in particular about a nonprofit that you feel inspired to start? Like, do you have something on the horizons that you're like, oh, I'm super motivated to well, start this fortunately, particular Well, fortunately, through my major, um, mm-hmm. every year and in many of my classes, yeah. I've been able to work with community partners. And so it's a very hands-on learning experience. I get to go into community centers and um, boys and girls clubs and many things like that and um, really make a difference for them. So I draft... Um, project plans and grants and um, lots of like of the inner workings that make an organization successful and I help them with that or I um, recreate their graphic design for like handout materials so it's the little things that go a long way is what I've really learned over the years Mm -hmm. and um, in addition to that just having the hands-on experience has given me a great idea of what it would be like to start my own nonprofit and through that I ended up interning for PETA um, two summers ago in Los Angeles. And um, that was such an incredible experience. And I really just learned that in the nonprofit sector, you're going to meet the most genuine, compassionate people because unfortunately, nonprofits are usually on the lower end of salaries. And so you know that people are really dedicated to their craft and their work and their cause um, when they're willing to spend all of that time and energy in a place where they may not make as much money as Mm -hmm. they would at at a bigger corporation. 
Yeah. And what an ideal fit for you to be at PETA. I mean, like, there couldn't have been more of a perfect match. Yeah, it was like all of my worlds colliding, and it was a very (laughs) special experience. Yeah, and speaking of that, I think that's when our worlds collided, honestly. That's, I think, when I met you back in San Diego at, like, this big vegan potluck in— The um, most overwhelming potluck that's ever existed. (laughs) That was a really, really big one. I'm sure both you and I have been to a lot of, like—I mean, I've done a lot of fruit lucks up in L.A. and had some here in San Diego, but that was— like that yeah was that so was the most people. intense one i've yeah. ever been to but <laughs> i mean my face hurt from smiling yeah. so much like <laughs> it was a really fun time and yeah. i'm so glad our paths crossed and Definitely. now here we are sitting down getting here to know are. each other even more so yes so were there any major events you recall from your childhood that kind of shaped you and you know kind of guided you along the path and made you little, you know, nuggets of wisdom that you picked up along the way that helped shape you? Definitely. Um, I think since a really young age, I've always been an old soul. And so I've really picked up on not only my own journey, but that of my parents and my brother growing up and um, extended family, of course. And I was really fortunate to grow up in a fairly comfortable environment. Um, I didn't wake up worrying every day where my breakfast would come from. And um, I think I realized how um, how lucky I was from an early age, which I think uh, most of my peers were probably not registering that so young. And so I started to take on almost the weight of the world uh, a little too early. And um, I was really tapped into um, other people's struggles like an emotional sponge. And um, I think that's just been a part of my personality that has grown and developed over the years. And um beneficial in some ways and um, causing some heartache in other ways because I really just want to help everyone in any way that I can. So um, just picking up on that introspectively, I um, wanted to get involved in community work really early on. So I started interacting with a lot of people from all different walks of life. And I think that transformed um, into me being more of a chameleon. So Mm -hmm. although I was raised in an area where most people were the same and came from similar backgrounds, I was um, learning how to become friends with anyone. And um, I think that's one of my greatest attributes. And I am proud of it because I find at times that people have a hard time relating to others when there's not a lot of common ground mm-hmm. and um, just having that sense of um, being able to become yeah. friends with anyone um, has really benefited me throughout my childhood and definitely um, as I progressed into college. Um, and then I'd say my other little nugget of wisdom is something I learned from my dad and he always said, wake up and smell the roses and the grass is not always greener on the other side. And that has just carried with me for my entire life. Um, it's really each day is what you make of it. And um, I always remind myself of those things that he told me, you know, comparing your life to others. There's no benefit to it, no matter how you slice it. And just waking up and smelling the roses, you know, every day can be beautiful, even if it is a struggle. And we discussed that at lunch the other day. Mm-hmm. It's just your life, your reality is what you make it. So, Absolutely. Well, that's beautiful. I know I got really into community service at a young age, too, and I think it just really helped to shape certain decisions that I made in my life, like long-term. And um, 
I've talked about this on other episodes, but I worked with people that were overcoming drug addiction, homelessness, domestic abuse, um, people that had their children at safe homes and things like that. So it gave me a different perspective on, you know, what can happen when people are exposed to those types of, you know, alcohol and drugs and things like that, like what it can do to people and um, that people can absolutely recover from those times, too. But I think it definitely shaped my experience of, um, you know, middle school and high school when sometimes people start to get involved in those types of activities. It just had a very, I had a very different view on it. So I think community service at a young age is always really, really awesome. And to give, I feel like it gives you a lot as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Sometimes even more. So it's beautiful that you're able to, you know, take a lot of those experiences and connect with a lot of people now on social media. You know, I'm sure that that helps you be very relatable. So are there any major challenges like you had to work through as you were growing up? As I said, I think um, relative mm-hmm. to um, some of the challenges that I could have faced yeah. growing up, I was very lucky to not see too much heartache. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most um, shocking experiences that I had to go through more than most people at my age was loss And um, weirdly enough, I knew a lot of people, not um, personally, but let's say the parents of someone that I knew, um, I I experienced going to a lot of funerals at Mm -hmm. a young age, and um, I became extremely sensitive, more so than I was before. And um, unfortunately, it's a bit desensitizing when you're faced with loss so often, and it was happening... um, pretty frequently over the course of a few years. And it started with the loss of my grandmother and then just losing people that I wasn't connected to. But each time it was like bringing up old wounds and um, it kind of just gave me even more gratitude for life and just making the most of each day. And, you know, the cliches of you never know what tomorrow will bring. And um, I think that helped break me out of my shell of um, keeping the emotions inside because I was internalizing a lot and I didn't want to burden anyone, burden anyone mm-hmm. with um, those heartaches. So I learned to um, share with others and through that um, developed, you know, my interpersonal skills and just learning how to cope um, in other ways. And as we shared, I danced for many years mm-hmm. and dancing was a beautiful way for me to express those emotions yeah. and all of the art forms that I enjoyed, painting, drawing. Mm-hmm. And so um, that really helped me. That was like my form of therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, just to see so many people lose people so close to them, yeah. I think reinforced how important my bond was with my parents and my brother and grandparents and so on. And um, fortunately, I have a really tight-knit family, and that has carried me through my whole life mm-hmm. and just having that support from them. Yeah, that's beautiful. So speaking of dance, when did you start dancing? I would say it was as soon as I could walk. I was wearing a tutu (laughs) in my ballet classes as a little girl. Um, And I have faint memories of Mm -hmm. those really early days um, and just my my family coming to watch us twirl around and have zero coordination (laughs) back then. But um, so I started then and um, I continued to dance until I was about 17 years old and it evolved from, you know, just those casual ballet lessons to more of uh, a daily routine like Monday through Friday. And then I 
uh, went into like competitive dancing and I was dancing on my school's team and then the varsity team and I just loved it. Um, and I was very torn um, to finish and or not to finish but to mm-hmm. stop and to put my academics first because yeah. at that point it really was a choice of yeah. what I wanted to pursue and um, there were definitely times where I saw myself like joining a company and mm-hmm. making dance my life. And whenever I go to a show now, I always, it brings me back to those like desires of wanting mm-hmm. to do that. And, um, I do miss it often. And it is a goal of mine this year to get back into dancing. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. It's just one of those expressions that you really can't get that feeling in any other activity. No. And, um, so, yeah, I, but throughout that, I learned so much, and um, I was exposed to a lot of different things. I think I learned a lot of self-discipline and hard work and just knowing every day after school I was going to dance for a few hours, and um, I was going to be exhausted, but mm-hmm. it was rewarding, totally. and it was beautiful, and um, I was in the best shape of my life then, <laughs> and I felt... Um, you know, the reward at the end when I'd be on the stage and dancing with some of my closest friends. And so that was a really wonderful experience. Um, And then, of course, on the other side, that was probably my first exposure to um, other people having disordered eating and and body dysmorphia and things like that, which is very heavy to take in at a young age. And I think... um, it started probably around 11 or 12 years old where I noticed some friends were um, starting to feel self-conscious, which inherently made me feel self-conscious. Yeah. And um, <laughs> dance is um, unfortunately in that world of image and the importance of it and how you present yourself. Yes. And um, the skimpy little costumes Mm -hmm. and things (laughs) like that. So um, that is definitely when I opened my eyes to it. And I realized some girls, you know, restricting or or changing things right before recitals. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just made me think because I had never um, been exposed to that behavior before. Kind of makes you think like, okay, if they're doing this, should I be doing it too? Even if you don't feel innately drawn to do it. Absolutely. And it's at this pivotal time in our lives where Mm -hmm. we're going through puberty and our bodies are changing. And so it's just too many emotions. You know, it's just it's a lot to process as a young woman in Mm -hmm. this world. And um Especially when there's so many images thrown at us on a daily basis. Oh, I mean, we're just inundated. And I feel so lucky that I didn't grow up um, at that time with social media. I feel really fortunate that I missed that window. Totally. um, And that I really came into my life at a time where I was really more comfortable with who Mm -hmm. I am. Because I really can't imagine what younger girls are going through. Um, I can, you know, picture it and I can... I got a lot of messages from people, um, email and on Instagram and YouTube, and um, it breaks my heart. And I wish that I could reach out and help everyone who's dealing with these struggles of um, the media and Mm -hmm. the societal norms that are thrown at us every day. Um, But I think dance really taught me that what you present and through your art form, it's a reflection of you. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, you want that to be a strong representation, and that's something that I've just carried with me mm-hmm. since then. Um, and I'm really lucky that I had my 
strong support system. And so yeah. I didn't fall into those bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard to see friends going through it. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, so our journeys are so parallel, even though we're in different places of the world, you know, from growing up dancing, doing competitions, school teams, all that kind of stuff. Like, definitely, that was, you know, a huge part of my upbringing. And I have to say, like, when I was I danced for me like I was on my dance team in high school, the varsity team, all four years of high school. So I was dancing with seniors and juniors and sophomores. It wasn't necessarily just my own peer age. And I feel like when you're in high school every single year, it seems like such a huge leap. And there's so many things that people learn and there's so much change that happens in a short amount of time. But, you know, I was, you know, similarly exposed to a lot of girls that had, um, you know, just bad relationships with their bodies sometimes, you know, and it's not that they are bad people or anything like that, but like, you know, you get exposed to it pretty full on. And, um, you know, there would be times where I would, you know, hear things going on in the bathrooms and, you know, like see somebody come out and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? And they're like, no, I'm not sick or anything. And you're just like, oh geez, you know, it's, yeah. it's just troubling. And, um, you know, you see certain teammates that all of a sudden like drop like you know all this weight really fast and you're just like you know wondering if everything's okay and you know from my you know from my standpoint I was you know one of the tallest girls on the team and you know my mom's very tall and very lean and so just genetically that's kind of what I inherited and when I was training as much as I was like I was in really good shape so it's like I would get sometimes like a lot of the girls on the team would like compare themselves to me, which was really uncomfortable because it's like, this is my genetics. No, No, you know, it's like, this is what I was given. It's not like I, it's not an accomplishment to be like born with, you know, certain things. It's like the, what I've been able to do with it, I think, you know, is, is worth um, what I would more so like to be respected for. But I think, you know, it's, it's difficult to be around that, kind of insecurity when you know that those are the types of thoughts that are going through the girl's heads and you just you know you kind of almost feel bad like you know there's nothing I can do like this is what I was given and stuff and I mean we were just even talking the other day and I know I've said this on the podcast before too like you know when I was in young when I was younger you know I was very skinny and I would look at some of the older girls that were maybe a little bit curvier and like kind of wish like I was like oh like I kind of wish I had a little bit more curves or something so like for me, I was so grateful to go through any amount of puberty that I did. But um, like, yeah, and that's just a testament to the, yeah. what I said is yeah. like you always want what you totally. don't have. Yeah. And um, like the grass is greener on the other yeah. side. And it's not always, you know, yeah. someone may look picture perfect and a lot could be going on behind yeah. closed doors. So always, always keeping that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, also dance does serve as such a... Um, you know, outlet for that type of energy. And I think I really share that with, you know, I'm grateful to be able to work with my students on a day in day out basis where I'm really helping them use their body and their mind in such a way where they are, you know, hopefully feeling positive about themselves and give them as much affirmation as I possibly can and be a good role model to them as someone who's, you know, taking care of their health long term and, you know, reaping the results of that positively. It's, you know, a huge part of my life. And I feel like I it's very important to me to want to be a good role model to young women for the reason that I understand how prevalent these issues are. And I think, you know, us both 
coming from a dance background, it's like you get exposed to it in a different way and you realize like there are far more people dealing with these types of issues than you would even realize. And there's a lot of people keeping it secret that don't really, um, you know, share because it's something that a lot of people can feel ashamed about. Um, You know, I did a podcast episode few months back talking about developing without disorders and I went through talking about all the different developmental processes that happens in a young woman's body as they're going through puberty and their bodies are changing up until you know even your 30s there's always things that are going on so um, I think being open to that process and giving yourself you know feeding yourself affirmation feeding yourself good food feeding yourself with good energy and being around good people and also giving that to other people, being a positive light in other people's lives, I feel like is so important to inspire, um, you know, young people to do that. And I think that is probably, I think if anything, I'm grateful that the youth are exposed to social media. So hopefully that can become a part of their life and they can see that and there can be a positive aspect of it. There's always two sides to that coin, but, um, you know, I do hope that it can be um, a source of, positive um community for young girls where they can be like complimenting each other even if it is just online but being like oh my gosh you look you know like great in this picture or like you know I love you so much or whatever like sharing more of that type of energy like leaving the little heart emojis (laughs) yeah it really can be um a platform for empowerment if used in the right way totally and um, I strongly believe in social media for social change and I think that it's the most prevalent tool for people our age to bring their idea their messages their thoughts to life Mm -hmm. and um if used in the right way it can really inspire thousands millions so yeah and i think we're both lucky enough to be on social media for a purpose and your students are so beyond lucky to have you as a light in their life because i think that that is exactly what the younger generations need and whether it comes in Mm face-to-face form like you do or through social media and the way that i try to reach people Um, it's very powerful. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I'm very grateful to have that opportunity. And I feel like I treat it with a lot of responsibility, knowing that I know and you probably know, like how big of an impact our dance teachers have on our life. You know, I'm sure there's many you can look back on and be like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, like they teach us lessons in a way that like nothing else can. And I feel like I want to, you know, use that to um use that in a positive way to be a really, really strong, positive impact in their life. So when did health become a major focus for you? So I'd say it really, um, the the light bulb turned on when I was about 12 years old. And so for a decade now, I have been very self-aware and always thirsty for knowledge about health and nutrition and the body-mind connection and everything that comes with that. And 12 years old is pretty young to become aware of that. And I really do attribute it to dance and then my own personal interest in food. And I think at that age, I realized the food I put in my body affects how I feel and how I look. And um, it was 
a really interesting switch. I started telling my mom kind of what I wanted in my lunch that day instead of her dictating what was happening. And um, I was really like taking charge of my my health journey. And um, it was very exciting for me. I was buying health magazines and books. And um, I think that's unusually young to be switching from like grilled cheese sandwiches to the salad bar. You know, it usually comes like a little later. So um, it was definitely sparking interest among, amongst my friends. And um, my whole childhood, I really did not like eating animal products. Mm-hmm. And this is going to burst into my vegan story. Yes. But let's go there. Yeah. So basically, um, it all kind of melts together. So I never really enjoyed eating animal products growing up. And so I was always feeling very compassionate for the animals and not really understanding why my, you know, grilled chicken breast at dinner had a vein running through it. It really bothered me and I did not enjoy the taste. So it was really easy to give up. And Mm -hmm. for many years, I told my parents I wanted to become a vegetarian. Um, I didn't know much about veganism, but I I knew that vegetarianism was like the first step. And so finally, my junior year of high school, I was in my AP environmental science class and the teacher showed a documentary that exposed some of the cruelties that animals go through. And I got home that day and I just said, it's over. No more animals for me. And that's when everything changed. And I really found my passion and like my purpose in life. And that's evolved so much over the years, Um, especially college has been very transformational for my health journey, as it is just for personal development. But um, yeah, so I was vegetarian until I graduated. And then the summer before college, I had dipped my toes into raw veganism, and I was doing a lot of research, watching a lot of videos, and I was like, I'm going to just try this out for one week. I went to Costco. I got all of the fruits and veggies, <laughs> and um, I was set for the week, and ever since then, um, I'd say it was summer 2014 to fall 2016, which was about two and a half years, I was raw vegan. And so I never looked back after I challenged myself to do that. I felt incredible. My energy was up. My skin was clear. Anything, any ailment that you could have, it was being resolved very quickly within months. And um, I just became so passionate about fueling myself with food from the earth. And um, raw veganism was that way for me. Mm -hmm. And It is bizarre to a lot of people that I didn't have that in-between of like just being Mm -hmm. vegan and having the vegan Mm -hmm. junk food and all of that. I kind of just jumped in. Mm -hmm. And um, so being raw was really the way that I established um, a niche for myself. Mm -hmm. And I reached um, a lot of people, but backtracking a bit. So I started college and everyone was like, who is this girl and what is she doing? Because it's pretty odd (laughs) to not be having late night pizza and beer on a daily basis. So um, those things never really appealed to me. And um, that was just my personality. And it had always been that way. I never partied in high school. I went to parties, Mm -hmm. but I was always sober and it was by choice. Mm -hmm. um, And I felt good about it. I felt good about my decision to um, not give in to the peer pressure and just stay true to who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, so everyone wanted to know what I was doing. And I needed a landing page. I needed somewhere to spill my thoughts on my experience. Mm-hmm. I had been raw for about four months at that point, 
And so I started my blog, which was wrongcollege.com at the time. And um, it was picking up traction pretty quickly. Um, a lot of people were sending me messages and emails, and I was just blown away at the response. And through that, I started my Instagram. And of course, raw veganism is a, a huge minority in this world. And right. so the, the people who are raw found me pretty quickly, and my page started to grow. And it's something that I did just for fun. I wanted to document my food because I thought it was so beautiful and vibrant. And it was just a fun thing for me to do. I've always been a creative soul and loved photography, loved health. And so I just kind of meshed it all together, and my Instagram was born. So, <laughs> so that was um, the beginning of my social media um, story, I guess. And it's become a huge part of my life. And I've met some of my best friends mm -hmm. through direct messages. And it's these relationships have been formed in a way that I never would have imagined five years ago. So um, I think that's what I'm most grateful for is my ability to make real life connections with people and also share my story and my message with people um, all around the world. Mm -hmm. And that is something that on a daily basis, I just take a moment and like breathe in and out. And I'm just like someone in Australia, someone in Thailand, someone in Italy, they know what I want to say and voice in this world. And that's so powerful and, and also a huge responsibility, I feel, when you are given that voice to, you know, share it wisely and, and really spread a positive message to people. So that is kind of in short. My social yeah. media yeah, yeah. <laughs> journey, and um, it's been a beautiful one and a roller coaster at that. You know, technology is ever changing, mm -hmm. and um, just learning to grow and move with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I can really relate because I was raw vegan during college too, and I would be. You know, it was it was a lot to get the food into my apartment on campus, and you know, I would get the looks and be like, "What is she doing?" Like. <laughs> Like, you know, my roommates being like, is this, like, normal? Like, you know, and, um, you know, I would always be, like, carrying fruit around campus with me and, like, giving bananas or oranges or whatever to my friends and stuff. And, you know, it was similar. Like, I would go to parties as well and, you know, there would be... I would go to just like be around people and I to didn't want to socialize yeah, to see your friends because totally. that's when everyone makes yeah. time to see each other is when they go out. Right. And so. it's like I didn't want to block myself from having that experience. I feel like there's some things about changing your lifestyle that can sometimes isolate you. And I think that's one of Absolutely. the things that intimidates people is they're yes. like, oh, my God, what am I going to do for my social life? Like, what is you know, is this even worth it? Like, no one even really cares if I'm going to eat this way. So why am I putting myself through this? Like, yes. But I mean, it's like how you feel and how you train and how you it's live your life. Yeah. And the it feeling. affects you, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think something we can both really relate on, correct me if I'm wrong, but the fact that we are very modern day vegans and um, it's a really um, a, a small percentage of us that represent this because I feel like we're modern women who are pursuing goals beyond um, nothing shameful in traveling in a van or moving to Hawaii or doing these stereotypical things that vegans do mm -hmm. in, in today's world. Um, but we're leading very normal lifestyles. I'm, I went to call, I'm in college, you went to college. And so these are things that 
um, are all feasible while living a vegan yeah. lifestyle. And I think there's people take it to the extreme on both ends of the spectrum and you can really just make it this lifestyle what you want and incorporate it into your world however you see fit. And yeah. um, just like I think that's something I've really tried to preach is just – there's no one right way to do it. No, there and isn't. When I when I am in college now, and when I was starting out as a raw vegan, um, you know, it was definitely bizarre. And um, but fortunately, I didn't really receive much hate. Yeah. And I relatively had a good amount of support, and um, people were just starting to get inspired by what I was doing because I was so passionate about it. And I think that sharing your passion with people is the core of you know, inspiring people with your message and just like leading with purpose yeah. and just showing people why you're so passionate about what you do, yeah. then people will genuinely be interested and want to know more. Absolutely. I mean, that whole experience of me being raw in college actually led to my first business when I was 22 and I was putting together CSA boxes um, CSA type boxes. I didn't have my own CSA, but I had um, my first business was Ultimate Produce. And it all started because back in the day, I used to have a little BMW when I was in college. And my friend Steven would be like, Victoria, your car is always like a farmer's market because I would always have produce in my car. And I was like, well, if it was a farmer's market, it would be called Ultimate Produce because like BMW is the ultimate driving machine. So I was like, <laughs> so that's where that, that came from. So. Anyways, like I um, I was really inspired because I was around UCSD is a pretty progressive campus. They actually have a fully vegan restaurant on campus and they have um, vegan options in all of the cafeterias. So they're very progressive in that way. And there's a lot of um, students that are focused on sustainability and there's a pretty decent vegan community on campus. So so you weren't like the, the odd one out. No, I there didn't was, feel that weird. Yeah. You know? no, Whereas there was I yeah. am in Wisconsin, which is like the cheese, <laughs> and, the cheese and dairy state. So definitely what totally. I was doing yeah. um, was like a red flag to people. Absolutely. And they were like, what do you mean you're not drinking like the spotted cow beer like every Friday? Oh, at a tailgate and um it was just something that i feel like throughout my life when i've latched onto things that i'm passionate about mm -hmm. it's just become second nature to me it's it's really not something i think about and when i went raw it was really um other foods were not foods to yeah. me anymore it's and like it's produce and products yes and there's a huge difference yeah. and it was became more and more clear to me mm -hmm. as i continued on the lifestyle and then eventually um you know, started incorporating more cooked foods into my diet, but all still from the earth and still so healthy and nourishing for the yeah. body. Yeah. And I think like while you're raw in college, I mean, a lot of the um, or while you're trying to eat more healthy foods in college, which is something that I noticed with the demographic that um, I came to meet at UCSD was that. You know, a lot of people would come over to my apartment and be like, oh, my gosh, like you have all this stuff from the farmer's markets and like you have all this fresh produce. Like, where do you get all of this? What do you do with it? How do I like what is this? So, I mean, that made me realize that like people are interested in eating more healthy. They just don't food. know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, they didn't. So, I mean, that really kind of motivated me to continue on with that business and, um, you know, students were able to order stuff online through my website and it would get delivered to them on campus and it was all really easy to eat things you know like fresh local fruit tender greens stuff they could make salads with smoothies like you know just grab and go have healthier snacks and options to take with them to class i feel like a lot of young people are honestly super turned on to 
um, eating more fruits and vegetables Absolutely. and more and fresh food. I mean, it's just human nature mm-hmm. to want to look good. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people our age are motivated to go vegan or just to be plant-based slash healthy in general um, be, for aesthetic reasons. But yeah. over time, that usually develops into a deeper reason. And um, when I went vegan, it was... Or when I went vegetarian, it was definitely for the animals. And um, over the years, I became more and more of an ethical vegan, which is what I really, I guess, would proclaim myself to be Mm -hmm. is, you know, I'm vegan for the animals. And then the way I eat is simply for my own um, health and what I enjoy. So what advice would you give to students that are also trying to follow along, like eating more plant-based foods, even if they are living maybe in a community like Wisconsin? I mean, girl, I got to hand it to you. Like that is that is like that can be a difficult just because the culture there is so absolutely. And then just throw in that with the college environment Mm -hmm. in general, which is pretty much the same across, you know, the nation would be um, I would encourage people to figure out why it is that they want to make a lifestyle change yeah. because that's really the root of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not passionate about it or if you don't care about it enough, it's really easy to fall off track mm-hmm. and um, definitely not making it into like a challenge or a diet, but really a switch in like your yeah. daily routine. And so educating yourself is my number one tip to anyone. It's the more you know, like the more empowered you'll feel in your decisions to be different than the norm. And so watching documentaries, reading books and finding time just like you do for school to focus on your health, because in the long term, that's really what's most important, your health and your happiness. And so putting yourself first in that regard and um, maybe trying to bring some friends along the way. Um, or make some friends along the way. Yeah, yeah. It makes, and so finding people who are like-minded, and I think that's the beauty of social media, is that even if you can't find those like-minded individuals within a 10-mile radius, you can find them all over the world. And just having that support system, even though they're like digital friends, um, they are real people, and you can have conversations with them. And it's really, I found it so empowering to be part of certain Facebook groups and mm-hmm. um, just start Starting up my own social media account, um, I got connected with so many people who were doing the same thing as me. And even having adults reach out to me and say, wow, I wish I knew of this lifestyle when I was in college. Um, it just made me feel good about what I was doing. And, you know, every now and then I'd get crazy messages um, that I was crazy. But, you know, <laughs> I just kind of learned to brush it off. And I knew that I was doing was not harming anyone. And that's yeah. the truth. Um I think a lot of people point their finger at vegans for being um, extreme or, you know, leading an unrealistic lifestyle. But the truth is we're only trying to better the planet. Yeah. And um, with our efforts, we're really just trying to be healthier individuals and then in in turn making a less, you know, cruel world for animals mm-hmm. and a better environment. And so all of the goals that align with our lifestyle are very positive. So I never really understood those hateful or or interesting messages that I was yeah. receiving. But in general, my account um, drew in a lot of positivity. And because I'm not a really controversial um, person on social media, I don't really bring in that much um, negative attention, which I'm very grateful for. And um, I would just encourage people in college if you're interested educate yourself and um, make it 
second nature over time. You know, just it's part of it becomes part of who you are when you live a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. So how do you choose to fuel yourself now, like being that you've had experience being raw? Like, how are you eating now and how do you feel? So it's really the past year, I'd say, has been um, very transformational with regards to food and lifestyle. Um, I will be vegan until the very end, so Mm -hmm. that'll never change. Um, And I really do believe strongly that I will always be um, eating most of my diet from the earth. Um, Processed foods just don't really appeal to me at this point, and they haven't for quite some time now. Um, But so when I decided to switch over from being fully raw to then incorporating some steamed vegetables and then starches and now leading a pretty whole starch lifestyle. Um, It evolved from stress and um, being a full-time college student while also having this um, rapidly growing social media presence. um, It was a lot to handle and um, I wasn't allowing myself to take a break really. So I'd be, you know, studying for hours and then answering emails and then filming a video. And it was just um, piling up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was spreading myself too thin yeah. across too many avenues. So I um, internalized that stress and developed IBS, unfortunately. And that is something I've been learning how to deal with over the last year and kind of trying to tweak my diet and see um, how that, because I do believe that diet is the source of all healing. And so I'm trying to figure out how I can um, fix my diet and then improve my mental state to, you know, find my personal nirvana. So um, just going after that each and every day is like um, a new adventure. Mm -hmm. And I try to stay consistent and eat intuitively and, um, that this past year I was traveling for several months, I nearly seven. So I was constantly in a changing environment and really learned how to just be more adaptable and eat what was fresh and local and healthy instead of um, putting more stress on myself to remain 100% raw because at the end of the day, no one's getting an award for it. Um, it's really just what makes you feel good. And, you know, taking that pressure off to remain this um, perfect entity of raw veganism was a relief not only to me but definitely my followers i think it was just a lot more relatable for people in general just to know that um change is okay and um if you need to adjust your diet or your lifestyle or any choices in your life um that it doesn't always have to be negative and so um it's definitely been like i said a bit of a roller coaster um Because of the changing environment and then um, graduation is soon upon me. So um, a lot is happening in my life and um, food and myself um, was becoming secondary. And I'm learning that it really needs to be in the forefront Mm -hmm. because, um, like I said before, we have to put ourselves first and then help everyone else. And oftentimes I put others before my own needs. And in many ways, that's a really good attribute. But in other ways, um, you can lose yourself. And so I'm really learning to put myself back in the spotlight of my own life and um, tend to my needs and, and my health. And um, it's definitely improving. So That's that is awesome. positive, And I believe I'm turning a corner. 
So I'm looking forward to graduating and, and really embracing like what I've been working towards all these years and having the time to focus on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming from a past of having digestive issues myself, I can definitely relate to, you know, digestive stress. I feel like a lot of the stress that I dealt with growing up um, digestively was due to like emotional stress and stuff as well. So um, a variety of things like dietary, there's so many things, but I think, you know, really through my yoga practice, I mean, I've learned that like the, really the body is, you know, in my opinion, like really the place of healing and we can put the food in to uh, aid that process and help us grow and all that type of stuff. But I feel like when Sometimes we take away the substances that or take away the negative variables that are causing certain reactions to happen within us. And that's when we can really do a lot of the healing, just when we let our body do the work Definitely. and feel it with the good things. And, and then, not you overthinking know. it. And that's something yeah, for that sure. really um, focusing on, but trying to yeah. defocus Definitely. in a way and just um, kind of trust the process and make as many um, positive decisions that I can yeah. throughout each and every day. Um, and I think you're eating for yourself. You know what I mean? I think like everybody has their own way in which they feel like they are fueled best, depending on how much, you know, of a mental load they have, how much of a physical load they have for whatever job they have. I mean, I know for me, I don't feel like, you know, I've, I know what it is to like eat, vegan foods in my body for my workload and for what I do. And I think if anybody was in my body and doing everything I was, they would understand why I eat and train and live how I do and how happy it makes me. So I think the important thing is just to do the best, you know, that you can for yourself Absolutely. with what you have and make and, the best out of and it. And not comparing your life no. to anyone else's no. because we are all given this one body and it's so special and unique yeah. to us that we can't expect to fuel ourselves the same way, like to a T as mm -hmm. anyone else because it's just unrealistic. Totally. And so you really just have to um, become more in tune with your own Life and the body-mind connection is so important, um, and that's what I'm learning now. Good time to be learning it. So how, um, you know, you talked about how you were traveling abroad for college. What type of advice would you give to people that are traveling abroad, and what were some of the positive and negative experiences that you had along the way of traveling? So my study abroad experience was by far the highlight of my life, thus Far in the 22 years of me being on this earth, um, I was studying abroad in Sydney, Australia. That's where I was based. And um, I was living steps from the beach. And every day I woke up and had to pinch myself because I really, it felt like a dream. And um, I worked really hard to make that abroad experience a reality. Um, I had to study endless hours. You know, it didn't come together seamlessly. There was a lot of behind the scenes to make that um, dream life as, as I know it appeared over social media. And I did try to share the ups and downs that resulted from studying abroad and um, being in a new environment and um, having a new commute every day and just the little things um, that come with travel. Mm -hmm. And so I was traveling with new friends and old friends and learning how to balance school and adventure and, um, I'd just say that if you have the opportunity to travel and the means to travel, which you really don't have to have much to go on an adventure, um, it's really 
um, can be so low cost. And I highly recommend looking into that for whoever's listening, because oftentimes I think when bloggers depict their travel experiences, it seems very extravagant and unattainable. And it's really not. Um, If you go about it the right way and you do your research, you can um, see so much. And I think that traveling is one of the most enriching experiences. It really opened my mind. Um, I was traveling to some countries that were experiencing poverty that I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I knew of it, but it's one thing to hear of it and to read about it, but to see it um, is on a whole other level. And so it's very humbling. And um, it really just broadened my horizons in general. Um, You wake up and every day is a new adventure. And that is beautiful in itself. I mean, it's It's a very special time, and um, I miss it every day, but it's really my study abroad experience was pivotal for me because it really laid the foundation for the amount of travel I want to do in the future and um, just how valuable it was to me and sharing that with other people and encouraging others. So what types of things would you advise for people that like specific things that you do, like when you're trying to plan a trip, like if you're looking for vegan restaurants or looking for ways to make it affordable, what are some like, you know, things that you would recommend? Definitely. So, um, for example, my friends and I took our spring break trip in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and we rented a van and we drove the whole South Island for two weeks and you know, being vegan and traveling adds adventure to it just on its own mm-hmm. because as a vegan, you're always scoping out, like, where are the grocery stores? Where are the um, cool vegan restaurants that we can try? And that's a really fun element to travel um, and to seek out those experiences. Whereas I think if you're just living um, a standard American diet or a regular lifestyle, you may miss out on certain cool experiences that wouldn't have come to mind otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so um, my best advice when we were traveling like that, we were basically making, you know, super low cost meals every day. Um, We are buying most of our food at grocery stores, not eating out very much. Mm -hmm. And that's my greatest advice to college students or people in life in general. Don't eat out very often. Um, Making your own food is really rewarding. And if you keep it simple, it can be so delicious and easy and not time consuming. And I think that's what everyone wants out of their meals. So um, as far as traveling goes, that's probably my number one tip is to try to make your own food as much as you can. And then um, as far as like accommodations, yeah, accommodations, I'd say seek out hostels. Um, That's something that I Mm. never experienced until I studied abroad with my friends. And it was definitely comforting to be with a group of girls um, instead of on my own. Um, But we all experienced it together. And staying at hostels was probably one of the best um, decisions that we made. I met the most interesting, genuine people who had such incredible life stories to share. And um, I just learned so much from that. So I know we talked about the other day that there was actually something that happened when you guys were traveling together. And, you know, it just really highlights that why it would be so great to be able to travel with friends in certain situations. So do you want to go ahead and share that? Absolutely. So um, this happened very early on in my abroad experience. And um, it was maybe four weeks in and I just arrived in Australia in Cairns, which um, was north of Sydney. And I was staying in an Airbnb with a couple of friends. And unfortunately, one night um, I woke up to a robber in my bedroom. And um, 
this was very traumatic, of course. Um, it's never comfortable to have someone in your space uninvited. And um, I think really I've grown the ability to just take every situation, no matter how challenging, and see the bright side of it. And of course, it it took time to see that bright side. But, um, you know, having not only valuables stolen, but it was really like my my security was stolen. I had gone um, into abroad feeling very comfortable and confident as a young woman to be traveling. And um, part of that was almost taken away from me after that happened because I just felt like I was doing everything right. I was being so cautious, locking the doors, putting my valuables in a safe. And, you know, this one night something went wrong. And um, what I learned from that is that Whenever something traumatic happens, you really, you are, it's not what you went through, but how you came out of it and how you grew from it. And um, you really touched on that a lot when we met the other day. And just, you know, you can't allow these experiences to to define who you are as a person, but more to um, develop just your experiences and your personality and just how you deal with things in general. But um, what I learned from that is... I became a a source of light for other people who went through something like that or people who never thought it could happen to them. And it kind of broke that stigma of people our age being invincible. Mm -hmm. And I think that just spans, you know, the whole party culture in college and then just living fearlessly um, to an unhealthy extent. So I think, you know, it's one thing to live – and have an adventurous life and throw caution to the wind. But sometimes you have to watch your back Mm -hmm. and, and be there for your friends and kind of, you know, have that support system around you. So there's always a happy medium and just realizing that, you know, it's like when you, you get into a car accident and and you think like, you know, before that happened, that it could never happen to you. And Mm -hmm. that like texting and driving, like, Oh, it's fine. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like my number one thing. Don't do that. But Um, It's just like you never think something bad will happen until it does. And so that happened and it really shaped my perspective for the rest of my abroad experience. Not only was I more cautious, Mm -hmm. but I was also um, more aware of how precious life is and how things can change so rapidly and just embracing every day and being grateful for it. Well, talking about that, more like embracing every day and being grateful for things, absolutely like – you know, you definitely promote a lot of things about self-love on your Instagram and it's something you love to talk about. And I just want to give you an opportunity to share with young women out there like what maybe your journey to self-love has been like, if there's any struggles that you've gone through along that way to help you get to where you are today. And, you know, if there's anything that you're currently working through that you want to, um, you know, just share Absolutely. So I think that a common misconception is that self-love can happen overnight. And I really do believe that it is a lifelong journey of not only, you know, looking in the mirror and and appreciating who you are and what you see in your reflection, but also um, just recognizing that each and every day is growth. And um, I think... In the Rupi Kaur book mm-hmm. that you picked up the other day, one of the poems um, reflects something like, 
you know, a, a butterfly or <laughs> I wish I had it more seamlessly, but something like a butterfly does not, you know, grow overnight. Like growth is a process mm-hmm. and just accepting that and um, really incorporating that into your daily practice of life. And so um, self-love has been, I'd say for a decade now, um, has been growing within me and um, it ebbs and flows. You know, we have good days, we have bad days. And it's there's us being human. Yes, it's being human. And that's something that's so important to remember is that, you know, life um, is not perfect, but it, it can be as wonderful as you mm-hmm. make it. And um, I so often am, you know, when I post captions or um, post YouTube videos where I share my thoughts on this topic, um, it's really I'm saying it to myself and I and then, you know, sharing it with everyone else. And I think a lot of people miss that. They think that when I share those things, it's because I have it all figured out, (laughs) which no one does. Um, And then it's almost like preaching to other people. And I try my very hardest to practice what I preach. Um, But of course, you know, I have those days where I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see and – I think that if you're doing the mental work and you're being conscious of those negative thoughts every day and then implementing more positive practices, then you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really all you can ask of yourself is to just do things that um, make you proud of who you are. And I feel at this point in my life, I recently turned 22, that I'm very comfortable with who I am and what I represent as an individual. And I just really want that love for my inner self to be reflected on the outside as well. And so that's like my my greatest goal in life is not only to help others um, achieve their best life and to go after their passion, but also to embody everything that I preach to others. Totally. And I can I can definitely relate to that. Um, Looking back on when I was 22, like it's it's something that I feel like, you know, it's like very similar when I was at your age, I was having all these habits, you know, like daily yoga practice, eating raw fruits and vegetables, just like, you know, everybody would be like, okay, like the beacon of health has arrived. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. You, you're you put on a pedestal in some ways. Yes. But I mean, there are a lot of things that we can be going through behind the scenes, you know, like you said, and I think, you know, both of us coming from a performance background, there's a lot of ways in which I think, um, you know, as performers, you learn how to set emotions aside because it's very much the mindset of like, okay, the show must go on, like throw on a smile. Everything's yes. great, you know, like because, you know, it's like I've danced on stage with injuries, being super sick, you know, like I'm sure you probably experienced some of the same things, too. But it's like sometimes it's like you're not in ideal circumstances. And I think a lot of people within the performing arts industry do experience that. And that's why you can see so many performers that deal with drug problems or alcoholism or, you know, negative self-esteem, even though they're, you know, so accomplished. I mean, we look at Robin Williams, who was like one of the funniest people and ended up, you know, ending his life early. It's like, you know. You really never know. You never know. And you can't, like, judge a person from the outside. And, you know, I think it really translates to social media because people can make – if you're a really good performer, you know how to hide it really, really well. Oh, yes. And, it, you know, that can be a skill to a certain extent. But if you don't ever actually deal with the issue itself, you don't want to let that consume you. Yeah. And that's been, I think, my greatest um, development over the past year through social media is – 
constantly reminding my audience that this is a highlight reel and (laughs) I am posting the best moments of my life here. And then oftentimes I'm opening up more and more, but also realizing that I don't owe my whole life story to to anyone and um, taking that pressure off of myself because like we said, there's a very fine line um, in your, you know, public life and personal life. And everyone is really entitled to keeping things to themselves if they want to. And um, not everybody is entitled to know all those details yes, either. It's absolutely. Like you have every and right to your privacy. When you put yourself out there on social media and you become, you know, some sort of figure for, you know, I guess I am perhaps one for veganism in some sense. Um, you're opening up the floodgates to positivity and criticism and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so just learning how to, um, you know, take it with stride and. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that social media um, can be used for so much good. And I'm every day trying very hard to take the pressure off of myself um, in every aspect, whether it's, you know, creating content or presenting um, a happy face (laughs) when, you know, things are not always that way. So just trying to be more authentic and really share um, the struggles that I feel comfortable sharing because I know that it. Those are the most powerful posts that I make when I do share the struggles that I've been through and people can relate to that. It's like um, the most comforting thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So to know that they're not alone. Yeah. And and it's very cathartic for me as well when I can share these experiences and um, know that so many other women are going through the same thing at times. Yeah. I think, you know, we talked about this at lunch the other day, too, about how I feel like I really do that through my process of choreography. Like, you know, it does sound sometimes feel like I'm opening old wounds to, you know, almost refeel and re-experience pain to create something beautiful out of that. And I feel like that's a lot of artists, um, you know, if you dig that deep, you can like get there. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a process for me where I let all that emotion come up and I turn it into something beautiful and my dancers and the stage are the canvas and the music is a part of the whole, you know, the painting itself, you know, to metaphorically kind of. Yeah, I love that comparison. everything in. But, I really do. But yeah, I mean, it's life, you know, and I think it. it's I know the amazing, incredible instructors, which I had many growing up, um, you know, they taught me a lot about being able to process emotion differently, I think, too. And that's one of the greatest gifts I think dance has been able to teach me is like, you know, I'm sure you can relate as well. It's like when you're dancing a lyrical piece, it's like it's okay to let out that emotion. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel heartbroken. It's okay to feel not like 100%, you know, versus doing like a jazz or a tap dance. It might be like a little bit more upbeat. It's like, yes, you can be sassy. You can have fun. You can yeah, smile. Just like being versatile. Yeah. You can feel And allowing everything. yourself. Yes, allowing yeah. yourself. And I think another um, wonderful thing that I've learned over time is that I grew up a very private person and I would keep yeah. a lot inside and, and have a front. <laughs> yeah. And um, as soon as I learned to let my guard down with people, I started developing the most beautiful friendships mm-hmm. and relationships. And, you know, sharing your struggles is okay and it's so healthy. And for so long, I didn't want to burden people with my challenges. And as soon as I started opening up, I saw my life changing. I mean, I was connecting with people on a level that I never experienced before and 
just knowing that once you have those people around you who you truly love and care for, they they care. Like, they want to know and mm-hmm. they want to help you. And so finding those people is a whole other discussion yeah. for another time. But yeah. just really seeking out those genuine individuals who want to lift you up and inspire you and motivate you. And you can do the same for them. Totally. And, I mean, how grateful are we that, you know, being a part of the vegan community, I think there's a lot of individuals that are on that path, you know. And at the very least, many of them have – you know, not all of us grew up vegan. We grew up eating a lot of different things. It's like at least we've gone through that change. But I think knowing that we can go through those changes in our life and, um, you know, let go of certain things allows us to move forward in such a way where we're capable of transforming in other areas of our life, too. And it's it can be seen as a really empowering process, I think, if we yeah. allow it to be seen that way. So over the course of your life, is there any major life event that you feel like was just kind of almost shook you to your core in a positive or maybe even, you know, an uncomfortable way that just, you know, looking back on it, it might have seemed like an absolute catastrophe or something that was really, really like, how is this happening to me? But now looking back, you're like, I totally see why that happened. So fortunately, looking back on life, I don't have many (laughs) catastrophes that went down. And I think um, I've definitely had my my challenges within my family and, and with friends, you know, over time and how relationships change. But I'd say that the greatest thing in my lifetime that really shook me to the core was when I was exposed to the corruption of animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. That really just blew my mind. And I had never, you know you're not exposed to that information for a reason. Definitely. And it's because it's so heartbreaking. And so once I started learning everything um, and then eventually going vegan, um, that completely changed my life. And choosing a cruelty-free lifestyle is all-encompassing. And I think that so many people in the vegan community go through this, um, like completely, one, you know, 180 of who they once were. Um, and it kind of brings out the more compassionate, reflective part of who you are. And going vegan was not just a diet choice. It affected every aspect of who I am and, um, you know, the people I met and the decisions I make and even, you know, my career path completely changed. Um, and it really became like my main purpose to spread this lifestyle and spread positivity and just try my very hardest to be a light for others and um, show people the way in a sense, because I just felt like when to I went show vegan, people like what works for you. Yes, you know, if absolutely. They are inspired by the results that you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. And just kind of lead by example mm-hmm. and just say, hey, this this has changed my life for all the better. Mm-hmm. And I want to share it with you. Yeah. And um, I think so often with any lifestyle, there's, you know, the spectrum of people who are yelling and screaming it and then right. people who are more uh, peaceful into themselves. And so I have just been always learning what that balance is for me. Um, being in the middle is where I hope to be. Yeah. And just um, sharing my knowledge in a way that's very uh, friendly and, you know, comfortable for other people to take in because, you know, change is scary for a lot of people. And to me, it was a very exciting change. Mm-hmm. And I had been like dreaming of it for years. Mm-hmm. But for most people, there's more resistance that comes with change. And so um, I think that, 
you know, it shook me to the core when I realized what was going on behind the scenes of the the world of food and what was being put on my plate every day. And really taking control was very empowering um, and to make my own decisions of what I was going to eat and, and how I was going to vote with my dollar and support certain industries and not others. And um, it really like has shaped who I am. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. I remember the first time watching Earthlings. That yes. was just like, okay, I mean, no turning back it's, after it's this. It's really, like, it's, you know, shattering. It and, is really um, it opens your eyes and there's really no turning back mm-hmm. once you are exposed to that kind of information. So, yeah, it is. And I think, you know, I've talked with most of the, I think, guests that I've had on the podcast too before, they do kind of really love to take the approach of like leading by example and I have to say like I I definitely feel that I embody that as well um however I feel like I've been really inspired by the vegans that have the really fiery personalities and I feel like if they're able to dish it out then they can probably take it and I think it reaches a demographic that still needs to be reached oh, so it's I like I always say yeah, that like I'm you, like if you're a vegan out there and you want to like yell and scream it go right ahead yes, because it's and still the truth promoting is, the movement yeah <laughs> and the truth is we really need um yeah. each type of individual yeah. on the spectrum yeah because um there's so many different types of people in yeah. this world and, and different approaches work for different people. Totally. And so you I know, get inspired by it. I don't feel like that's necessarily what like you want to do. I mean, like, yeah. I, it's like I could, but I don't really feel like that's yeah, the approach doing, I want to take. Exactly. <laughs> and this is just my approach has just formed naturally. Totally. You know, it just really um, parallels my personality. Yeah. And so it just like is second nature. And I think it would be a lot of pressure to keep up with them um, like a. A personality that was not mine in order to promote a message. So just staying true to yourself and and going about it in that way is a lot more authentic and probably less stressful. (laughs) Absolutely. It's going to feel most natural, definitely, and get you back to a place where you're communicating a message that is very, you know, inspiring to people and inspires them. Because I know for me, like, it's any change is difficult in life. And I think the another beautiful thing about social media is there are so many opportunities for people to relate to so many different people and find um, individuals to be inspired by. And it seems like your audience is super, super connected to what you're doing. And, um, you know, is there any way that you feel like your relationship to social media has kind of changed over the years at all? Absolutely. So when I first started out, it was very food focused Mm -hmm. and I don't recommend scrolling all the way back, but it is quite a laugh (laughs) to see how I started out. But I was it was a very niche market. And I think that's what helped me grow ultimately in the beginning. Yeah. Um, Just having a very specific kind of content. And it was recognizable. I was taking really close up photos of food and um, that's what was working at the time. And so I, in the beginning, was very afraid to break away from that um, specific kind of content. And once I started to, it was like I was releasing the creativity within myself Mm -hmm. because I felt very boxed into what I had started myself off as. Mm -hmm. And through that, it almost like, you know, it dictates kind of how I was growing as a person. I wanted to reflect that in my content. And so I started posting more creative photos and food styling and lifestyle and Um, Then once I started traveling, I was sharing those adventures and it was really beautiful to see my audience grow with 
my growth as mm-hmm. a person and um, see how sharing all of my different passions and interests was relatable for people. And um, I knew that I could never be restricted just to posting food because it wasn't, you know, there's so much more to life. And, you know, just making my page completely about veganism was the goal in the beginning, but there's more to it. And and veganism is really all encompassing. And how I said, it really affects all aspects of my life. And I wanted to share how it has. So how I try to choose more ethical fashion now and how I, you know, the, the way I buy things and where I buy them and um, I wanted to share everything. Mm-hmm. And so Especially I'm... Especially makeup. Makeup's fun. <laughs> yes, and even like exploring those yeah. uh, new things mm-hmm. that um, I wasn't even too passionate about yeah. before. And so it's opened up doors mm-hmm. in that sense too. So um, I've learned over time with social media, you know, it's quickly changing every day. Yeah. And um, just kind of learning to flow with it instead of um, push against the changes. Totally. And it's inspiring to hear you say that because I think of like even my own like personal social media profile. Like I have so many different things that like I do in my life. And I feel like for me, it's been almost difficult over the years to like literally narrow my life down to a niche because I have so much going on. I mean, it's like I try to post things on there. It's like you'll see me tap dancing one day and then you'll see a crazy yoga posture and then you'll see a salad. Like, you know, my life is a salad. No, it's just like (laughs) there's a lot of different there's a lot of different ingredients going on in there. And I think, you know, sometimes that's almost one of the reasons why I feel like I don't know, like maybe people would get thrown off by like the many facets that I have. That it's but that's just what like, makes you like such a beautiful person, and that's what make ev- that's what makes everyone so special. And I maybe I should post more craziness. Literally, I I could not love that comparison more, honestly, because. Life is a salad and like to narrow it down to one ingredient would be yeah. cheating yourself of the meal, honestly. Oh, yeah. so, Mono meals are great, but you know, <laughs> salads are awesome too. So But yeah, I think um oh I am so excited to like write about this after yeah. we're finished because that specific idea of just the pressure to narrow your social media down to one thing mm-hmm. to then like perfect that craft yeah. and and to present it so perfectly. Um, there's really no need to put that pressure on yeah. yourself. And what I've accepted, if it's not what you want to do. Yes, I think, if you like, want to just post about one thing, that go for it. On another episode where it's like there are you know dancers that study strictly ballet for like years and years of their life, and like the simplicity of that discipline, I think, does breed purity. So I think like if that is something you're really passionate about. You don't need to feel like bad that you don't have like a lot of stuff going on in your life. Like if that is what you're really good at and you want that to be And if you just want to hone your craft and that's what you want to highlight. And then on the other hand, um, you know, just the silly pressure of like wanting your feed to look a certain way. You know, it's just I think letting go of that. You know, life is too short to to put so much time and energy into things like that. And just you will attract the right people and the right audience if you're just sharing what you love and you're authentic in Mm -hmm. what you post. Um, Because I've really let go of like the forced posts and I used to post a lot more. And like we were talking about the other day, like the picture of you in a salad. Yeah, like it just, <laughs> like, the, it just you and your food. <laughs> exactly. And that just like didn't really feel right to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to do that. Yeah. And um, if I rather post a photo of the ocean today, like, yes. you know, the people who appreciate it, they'll they'll enjoy right. it. And the people who don't, that's OK. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, making it 
so much less about the numbers and the yeah, likes. Yeah. And I've never, fortunately, I've never seeked validation mm-hmm. through social media. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people do naturally. Mm-hmm. It's just how the app is created. That's how it's centered. Um, you know, you feel more positivity when you get more likes. But um, fortunately, I have stayed very true to who I mm-hmm. am through social media. And um, when I'm not in the mood to post, I just don't anymore. And yeah. I just give myself a break, whereas I didn't in the past. And so that's kind of what I've learned over time is just um, forcing it. It will never come across authentically. So just, you know, giving myself a break and letting myself breathe and and posting when I feel re-inspired because that's when I share the best content is when I'm really into it and mm-hmm. when I'm really excited about it. Well, I think like that kind of answers in regards to like how do you want to share, like what are you looking forward to in regards to connecting with your audience, you know, over the coming years and what do you want to, what are some of your goals, I guess? Oh boy. Well, this is... um an overwhelming question in a sense because graduation. We'll just pick a few things. Yeah. And I have to say, a lot of the people that I've interviewed over the years, because I mean, before I used to interview people within the performing arts industry for, um, you know, a, a like a newsletter, or like a newspaper or something like that, like where I would highlight people within the performing arts industry. And I have to say, every time they've ever told me their goals, like a lot of them come through. So like, oh. <laughs> no pressure, but like, don't be intimidated to tell oh, me because well. you don't know what happened. I might just, you know, grant you a wish. The, the manifestation <laughs> interview. <laughs> yes. So I would say um, because graduation is quickly approaching, it is, of course, the number one question that I'm getting. Mm. What, what am what I doing? Do? Where yeah. am I going? Yeah. And really, you know, there's I, I'm fortunate enough that I'm in the place where I almost have too many ideas of what I mm-hmm. want to do, whereas, you know, I do have some friends who have no idea. Yeah. And so I feel really grateful in that aspect that I've really honed in on what my purpose is and, and where I want to take my passions. But I hope to do a lot of social media management for nonprofit organizations, specifically ones that are in the vegan industry mm-hmm. or animal rights. And then on the side developing my own business and what that will encompass. I'm not entirely sure yet, but all I know is that I want to help people in any way that I possibly can inspire people to live their best life, to, you know, go after the unconventional because that can be scary, but oftentimes the most rewarding Mm -hmm. path to take. And that is what I'm doing. So I hope that by um, pursuing, you know, and deviating from the norm, I will inspire other people to do the same. And whatever that means for them, whether it's going to college like I did or not going or traveling or staying in your hometown, you know, whatever floats your boat is is enough. And I think it's so important to stress that. Um, but I'd really just love to perhaps do some public speaking, write a book. I have a lot of ideas about filming a documentary, so we'll see where my path takes me. But um, I'm really excited for the future. And- well, I think you're well on your way, and I hope like the majority of those things come true. So sending it out to the universe. Thank you so much. Let's hope it happens. <laughs> so just to wrap it up, what advice do you have for the youth or anybody who is listening in regards to making the most out of their lives and discovering their infinite potential? Hmm. Well, if I think the best advice I could give anyone is to just stay true to who you are and um, stay grounded. Um, And I really think that comes from doing a lot of reflection on a daily basis and 
my number one tip to anyone out there is to question everything and to never really accept things as they are um, until you've decided that it's the way you want to view it or perceive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that going vegan is what really sparked that within me to question everything mm-hmm. and to say, yeah. wait a second, is this true or is this how I should be? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can often get trapped in the mindset of how things should be. And instead, you know, it's so much more beautiful to kind of experience life to the beat of your own drum and just, um, you know, listen to your intuition and go after what you're truly passionate about instead of like what you think you should be doing. So. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so wonderful. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. everyone. This is Jesse from Finest City Improv. I'm coming to you to let you know that we are open every Thursday through Sunday and our talented cast of special guests create hilarious and improvised comedy based on your suggestions. Grab dinner, drinks from our bar, and come meet some of our talented improvisers today.